Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. If you'd care to join us, we record live on Mondays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. We generally answer a few questions from our live viewers related to whatever topic we're covering that week. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, you can also submit a request on our website, purelyocd.com. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. This week on Purely OCD, we will be continuing our conversation from last time on relationship OCD. So last time we talked about obsessions, and then this episode, we are going to be talking more about relationship OCD in terms of compulsions. Indeed. So where to begin? (laughs) There are so many good places to choose from, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean... Maybe we start with mental compulsions. I think that this is one of those subtypes where, you know, it it tends to fall into that pure O category. So we tend to see, and for anyone who's new, pure O, pure obsessional OCD, kind of a misnomer because no OCD only really has the, the obsessional part. There are compulsions. They're just invisible. So, right. Um, meaning mentally they're happening in your head, uh, which is tricky. So in, yeah, in terms of this subtype, we, we tend to sort of classify it. Not that you can't do more overt compulsions that you can see. However, this is one of those where we tend to see a lot of mental compulsions. So maybe we start there and then can sort of branch off. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind a lot uh, does, but the first thing would be, you know, if the obsession is, do I really love this partner as much as I loved the last person I was with, right? Mm -hmm. They might bring up memories or feelings in their mind to try to compare. Mm -hmm. Does this match? Does this feel the same? Is it? it should feel more. Yep. Which is great because obviously our, our memories are not perfect. And so if we go back in time and try to bring those up, I don't know, the chances are in most often from my vantage point that the past gets, um, like a rosier hue to it than, than yeah. does the present it's messed up because forget OCD for a minute, but I think that's just how Brent generally how brains work is like the present can be much more doom and gloom. And then the past you're like, Oh, that was actually not so bad. That was so great. Why? See, I should have, and that's, it's all a lie. Yeah. I think, um, what, what's really interesting to me about this, not to go off on a tangent, but 
with the comparison piece, specifically with relationship OCD, I, I tend to see a lot of people idealizing relationships in which there's unrequited love. So mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship with somebody who's emotionally unavailable, for example, that there is this tendency to look back and be like, oh, but I loved them, right? Him, her, them, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was so magical and amazing. And I like my feelings for them never died. Now, if you start to root around in there, chances are that that person really wasn't able to meet you where you needed to be. And so there was this constant pining, which kept that emotion of, of wanting and excitement happening. Hmm. Very good observation. Yeah, totally. I could see that. Yeah. I just, I've seen it come up a lot with a a number of different people. It's very interesting to me. Um, and that as we get into a real relationship, not that that's a real relationship, but like <laughs> your face. <laughs> but, you know, as as we find ourselves in a relationship that is mutual and does last, that it's prone to things like boredom hmm. and uh, like frustration and annoyance and all of these things that if you're constantly just hoping that this person doesn't drop you, that you're not ever really getting to experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so mental review. Mental review. <laughs> like no, review. that's okay. No, it's good. This is helpful, I'm sure, to a lot of people actually. Mm. Um, and then so mental review, this could also be like a mentally visualizing yourself with somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. does this feel even like, is it bad? Does it feel bad? Because if it feels bad, that's good. That means I am yes. with the right person. Right. Or, um, you know, like there's sometimes like the moral stuff can come up, moral OCD, scrupulosity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean – I don't know. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I do actually. Probably a big topic. <laughs> yeah, but I think that it's interesting because it sort of dovetails from what you were just saying about comparing um, people in your mind's eye. Sometimes I see, and maybe this is why you thought of it. Um, I sometimes I see people. Oh, I actually wasn't going to go that route. I was going to say oh. that sometimes people have crushes on other people when they're in relationships with Mm -hmm. uh, like a significant other to whom they're committed. And, you know, maybe they're not, unless they're in like a polyamorous relationship and that's kosher. But um, there is sometimes this fear of, oh, well, maybe I would be happier with this person. And so it's not even just comparing to the past or comparing to somebody in your mind. It could be somebody who is sitting next to your partner Mm -hmm. um, and going, oh, well, how do I feel? He just said that, or, you know, he just said that. And did I like that better? Or did I like that better? And why am I feeling more attracted to him? You know, all of that. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) That's a great time. Probably had by all freaking exhausting. So there can be comparing to past comparing to like other sort of like the idea of the person there can be comparing to your direct experience of another person in the present moment. But in terms of moral scroop, I think I hear a lot of 
well, is it okay that I have thoughts about other people? Is it okay that I find somebody else to be attractive or interesting or maybe even more interesting than my partner? Yeah. Is that kind of what you had in mind? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it with that stuff. Like somehow you're not, you're supposed to not have any sort of enjoyment or, or anything outside of the context of your, your primary, you know, again, if you're in a monogamous relationship, that's like your primary relationship, in which case you and I have been having an affair for years. So many years. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry to our husbands (laughs) because we do enjoy each other's company. So it's true. Oh, well. Um, And also shoot related to that was, what were we just saying? Uh, moral scrupulosity. Oh, is that there can be confessing that goes on. I know mm-hmm. it's unrelated to mental compulsions, but it can be, hey, I just got a message from this person and then reading it and saying, what do you, you think? Like yeah. trying to see like, do they, are they mad at me? Am I cheating on you? What's, what is, what level of degree am I at right now? Totally. And, and to your point, you may not even actually say the words, what do you think about this? No. You just sort of like launch it and let it yeah. linger and see what happens. <laughs> just zoop, <clears throat> waiting. Yeah. Like, oh, this person sent this to me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it, yeah. You know, just thought I'd share because sharing is caring. Yeah. Yep. Um. No, but I think that a lot of reassurance seeking happens and it's not just with your partner too. Like it could be that sort of compulsive confessing where you're saying, Hey, this happened. And, and what do you think? Or even just waiting for the answer. But then there's, well, do you think that this is the right relationship or does it mean something about my relationship that I'm not always attracted to my partner to friends and family members, Mm. Uh, totally independent, right? Right. So that's where this type of OCD, every every version of OCD has different little caveats to treatment. And this is definitely one of those where it's like, this is a topic that's not a taboo topic per se, that you're not going to be talking about typically. I mean, I, I hope that more people do this, but talking about like stabbing their child, right? Right. It doesn't get as much airtime. Yeah. Yeah, It's not going to, at a family gathering, typically, that's not what's going to be talked about. No, no, that's true. Like, yeah. I want to throttle them, maybe, but not right. I want to, yeah, stab them in right. the heart. So it'd be more like, here's my husband or here's my partner. And like, what do you think about them? But in so not, not like, not that direct. It's more direct, of like, yeah. hey, they do this. And then waiting to hear what the other person says. Like, is that normal? Is what we're looking for? We want certainty. We want to figure out, is this the right person for me? Right. Right. And you're right. I think it's so commonplace in our culture to be in this continual conversation about, is this person right? That it's easier for people to get stuck in, in Mm -hmm. sort of co-compulsing with other people or, you know, asking for reassurance a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it can can be an issue. And yeah, also thinking that other people somehow, have information that you don't, which I always find to be really fascinating. I do too. I do too. 
I think about it regularly is like, but actually you're the expert, but okay. Right. You're the one who knows. And I think that this is more than scary, anybody. Yeah. But scary to people, right. Is like, oh, well, I, it's all on me. And maybe there's something that I'm seeing. And if I confess this to somebody else and they say it's fine, then, then I'm safe. Yeah. But yeah. But they don't, nobody else has the full picture. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting that it's like, Ooh, can I, can I trust myself or is this okay? Or can I trust this person when it's like, right. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. There's also a lot of like the arousal. So groinal checking. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Like, am I sexually aroused? Um, which, you know, if you've been, sex is very complicated and all no. the varieties of sex. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Go ahead. Out there's like emotions involved, traumas involved. Yeah. Like there's so many complications that can go awry. Anxiety True. is like all these things can impact our sexual interactions with our partner. And yeah. <clears throat> Believe me when I say that <laughs> this one can really throw everybody for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. And being in the, in the questioning while having sex, right? Yep. Ooh, that's a rough one for people because they're like, well, I'm not enjoying myself. It's like, well, ruminating about whether or not you're enjoying yourself isn't really a very enjoyable activity. So... <laughs> <laughs> or just feeling ang even if you drop rumination, like just the feeling of anxiety can be. Yeah. And then you go, oh, well, that must mean that I don't, and this isn't the right one, which then can say, like, well, maybe I've never felt that connected with this sexual orientation. So maybe mm, really I'm interested in females, not males. Right. Right. So lots of overlap between sexual orientation and, and relationship OCD for sure. Yeah. Trying to find an answer. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Just the, the experience of anxiety. It's like, well, I'm not having fun. And I think part of recovery, it's, it's accepting that, okay, right now I'm having this varied experience. I really, experience. I like that. <laughs> I would really prefer it if it was no anxiety and all pleasure, but that's not where we're at. So, mm -hmm. and maybe it like, maybe my perception is that it's zero pleasure and all anxiety or mostly anxiety. And at some point we have to be like, okay, well, I'm going to accept it may always be like this. I don't know. I, I like, maybe it means something. Maybe, um, I'm not, attracted. I'm just going to keep coming back to the present, you know, uh, because otherwise you never really get to experience the experience. You're just yeah. constantly evaluating it. And that's not, that's going to promote your anxiety. Not, it's not going to clarify anything. Right. <clears throat> but also just to go back on this narrative that we have in our culture about what love looks like and how partnership should be like, I think that sex often comes into play of like, uh, it's not just the emotional piece, but like every uh, sexual experience should be like this spiritual awakening. And I got news for everybody. It ain't, it ain't going to be that. No. Preach. So, Legit. and that well, doesn't mean whether or not that may or may not mean, I guess that that's yeah, related that to the person. Different. Right. It's like, yeah. that's usually how that goes. 
Right. And all relationships are a trade-off, right? So again, back to this concept of being in this sort of pursuer pursued relationship, like that is more generally more, more sexually enticing mm-hmm. being that, in that, that like sort of absolutely true. craving wanting space. And so you might look back and see a partner where it's like, oh, well, the sex was amazing all the time. And it's like, yeah, because you were completely insecure and unstable in that relationship. Yeah, you were emotionally and, gone. Right. Right. Totally un stable. Not that that's always the case, but I do think that, again, there's a trade-off understanding that when, when you're in a long-term intimate partnership, that it's, it's unlikely to, that is stable. It's not unlikely to look the same way and, and having, and you might choose a partner long-term who like the primary reason you choose that partnership is because the sex is amazing. But most people that I've met have different priorities in terms of what they want in a life partner. Right. But I would also argue that it's, it kind of sounds so extreme to be like every sexual experience is off the charts because that's Mm -hmm. like saying every emotional experience you have with somebody is off the charts. Like that's just not possible, is it? Like, Say you're going to the grocery store and you're like, oh, this is not like how we normally go to the grocery store. Usually we're playful and fun. And like maybe that day it's a little off because the temperature isn't right for whatever reason. Right. Nobody's fighting. It's not awful, but it just isn't the usual mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. So if anxiety is too looking for a certain experience, like I like how you said varied experience and it doesn't fit in that varied experience that's allowed. Right. It can get a lot more complicated. It goes outside of that spectrum, the allowable spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my window of tolerance for yes, berries. Exactly. Very exactly. Berries. Yeah. No, it's absolutely that's absolutely true. I, I agree with you that there's not, yeah. There, uh, like, yes, some people you may sexually connect with more and have, but it's not all or nothing. It's never all or nothing. Yeah. And again, I think that the the less contact you're in with the person, like the more infrequent it is, the more sort of special and I'm going to make up a word, maybe pedestalized, right? Mm, it is. Yeah. Um, the more we are sort of constantly having that really strong, positive experience when we get some sort of compliment or have some mm-hmm. sort of uh, emotional connection, but it also comes with the extreme other side, which is agonizing over why aren't they calling? Why aren't they texting? What Mm -hmm. do they really care about me? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. In terms of, uh, uh, cause you talked about, you know, groinal checking, I think that, um, and we've kind of been talking about this too, but emotionally checking, just checking the degree of excitement or joy or the experience of connection or, yeah, just sort of that general, do I yeah. like do I like this person? That's one of my favorites is when people are like, I'm not even sure that I like him yeah. <laughs> or her or them. Like it's like Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that's uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we're getting into like life decisions, like getting married, buying a house, having children, there's all these big triggers that can come along with it that can throw people for a loop. And that moral scrupulosity again yes. that you're bringing up. Yeah, there it is. It's like, 
Am I lying to them? Oh, I'm bringing in a brand new human to this world. Is that the right thing to do? What if I'm, it's not the right person. What if I end up wanting to leave them? I should just tell them now. Right. And every other degree of that way it can go. Yeah. And it's, it's with every uh, major life milestone. So if you're committing to the relationship, like this is my boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whomever, or the engagement or the wedding or Mm -hmm. the, I'm going to have a child, you know, like the, these are things where it's like, there are progressive levels of commitment to this thing. And there's this concern that I'm somehow going to hurt this person or some other person because I'm not being totally honest with myself or with them. Um, Which has a lot of guilt and shame when it's that variety. Right. And can lead to more of that compulsive confessing you were talking about earlier, especially in the context of to the partner. And that's where we see a lot of relationship difficulties coming up when somebody has our OCD of they are constantly confessing like, I'm not sure that I really love you. Like that's, that's a lot for a relationship to hold. Yeah, Um, it is. Yeah, sure is. So that's, that's, it's tough and learning how to accept the possibility. Maybe I am being immoral by not saying something here. You know, that's. Um, Unrelated to that is like, uh, (laughs) compulsively breaking up with people. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Right. Yeah. It's, or And I will say adding to that, like never getting into a relationship because... Avoiding, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that, that person's not perfect. So I guess mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. Right. Or like asking your partner to change the way they look in some way because maybe the obsession is really fixated on... Mm the way the person cuts their hair or the way their voice sounds, they might say like, can you talk like this instead? Or, you know, there's a lot of, yeah. Or wanting to take a break to work on yourself. I hear that one quite a Mm. bit as well. Like I just need space so that I can work on myself and look at myself and then I can figure it out and then we can be back together. It's like, not if you're in our room, (laughs) not going to get space. (laughs) No, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I'm not trying to pathologize that. Like, of course, people need space. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. But, but this idea of like, I'm going to cut this off so that I can get like a clean slate is all I feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like, can I work through this and find my space within the relationship, which is ultimately going to set you up for a healthier relationship anyway. Yeah. Yep. So. Relationships are hard, everybody. That's the reality of this whole story. That is very true. And there is absolutely no certainty with them. Um, yeah, I, I'm working on on some presentations and such for IOCDF. And was I was just talking about the fact that like it's like, yeah, you don't know. You go into um, a partnership, a marriage, whatever, and you, you don't have any assurance that it is mm-hmm. going to how it's going to end. Cause you don't have all the information you couldn't possibly, you don't know who you're going to be in five years or 10 years or what's going to happen or what the other person's doing or what they have been doing and that you don't know about. Like there's just or way things that could conspire that, or, you know, unravel or, or death or right. Disasters yeah. or not to be 
really dark. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Kelly has if arrived. You, if you weren't thinking about it already, somebody's head popped off or got uh, that doesn't make it really hard accident. to love each other when your head pops off. I hate it when that happens. It really um, gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that actually to that end, checking love, like the feeling of love is, you know, I don't know if we talked much about this last time because it's been a minute, but like the difference between love as a feeling and love as a verb and Mm. really committing to, I think that that's one of the things that instead of always feeling a certain way or always having a certain experience, uh, the marker from my vantage point of a healthy relationship is that you commit to walking through it together. And sometimes that's not going to be exciting. And sometimes that is, and that's not to say there are plenty of reasons why people make healthy choices to end relationships. But I think, um, I, yeah, I think that the mark of a healthy relationship really isn't down to whether or not things are perfect. It's whether or not you're willing to work through the imperfect with this particular human. Yeah. Make that commitment. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other, I mean, obviously we could, we could yeah, go yeah, on, no, and on and on. There's so many, but these are kind of, I guess, the highlights, mm-hmm. the cliff notes, mm-hmm. but they can be so, so elaborate and it's unlimited. It really is unlimited. Ooh, I will say, yeah, one thing that I think is important that we acknowledge any sort of researching, online, Googling, uh, tests to see whether or not you're in the right relationship or reading self-help books or right. Like all of the rom-coms and being like, Oh, do it compare your love to that too. Yep. Absolutely. So there are all, all sorts of other ways where you might find yourself trying to ensure that your relationship is right. And we're here to tell you that it, yeah, it is hard to not, to not know whether or not a whole lot of things are right or okay. Um, it's sort of the essence of this disorder, no matter what permutation we might see. Yep, it's true. All right. And on that happy note, um, <laughs> just as a reminder, in case you want to find Kelly, she's at the Center for OCD. She's the director there. You can find her on Instagram at the OCD therapist or her website, centerforocd.com. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And and Lauren is the director at the Center for the Obsessive Mind, which is an excellent place to visit, by the way. Oh, and you. you can find her on Instagram at the Obsessive Mind, and her website is theobsessivemind.com. Well, thanks, friend. And we yeah. are purely OCD. We'll be uh, coming back at you here soon with uh, an episode devoted to exposure and response prevention in the context of relationship OCD, since we're doing these little three-parters of different subtypes. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you hopefully next time. Yes. Okay. Adios. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be.
We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. Thank you.